Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today I'm welcoming Gemma Bird back to the show. She's known to hundreds of thousands of parents on Insta and TikTok as Money Mom. Last time she was on, we talked about how she managed to pay off her mortgage by the age of 40, something she puts down to mindset on spending rather than how much you earn. School holidays are always expensive, so I wanted to know how Gemma makes her money stretch further when the kids are at home. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. As I expected, Gemma had masses of tricks, hacks and tips for making the holidays fun and affordable for everyone. Hi Gemma, thanks for coming on the podcast again. It's great to have you here with us. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Zoe. So the school holidays are coming and we all know that they are really expensive. How can parents plan for the holidays? Yeah, I think this is a tough one. And I spoke about this um, a few times. I've, I've got an idea. Uh, funnily enough, I did it last night on, on my Insta. And what I've sort of thought of a fun activity to do was to write down, um, say like there's seven days in the week and you can do this however you want. Put down like five free activities. So I just came up with like have a picnic in the garden, have friends over camping, geocaching. Um, if it's sunny, like get the swimming, the paddling pool out. And then you put them in a jar and you basically a jar for you as a parent the night before so you know how to plan it. Get the kids to pick one out because then they feel excited. They feel like, oh, it's something exciting, what we're going to do. And then you, if they get it and they might be movie at home with popcorn and a walk or whatever it is you've put on. But what it does is it controls it for you. They then get excited and feel like, oh, what are we going to pick? And you can always mix it up if there's seven days in the week and say they say one, one day a week in the holidays you do want to do like a Legoland or something more expensive. You could put that in the mix if the pot. So basically you just tailor it to whatever your budgets and needs are. Um, and I also do another thing where I... Uh, showed everyone where you can write it all down so if you plan that week so that can go sort of hand in hand so you've got the jar and they can sort of pick it but then also if you say like you're going to a museum and they're free in London we do lots of that but we always sort of say okay for example travel to get up there is going to cost are we going to eat out that day and have a treat or are we going to take a packed lunch we we tend to find that most of the time we do take sandwiches and stuff with us because Bronte's four and kids, you know, they like Zoe, they're like, want it now, I'm hungry right now and we never get a, a minute. So usually we, what we usually do is we like go to a museum, we'll take like water bottles with us because you can refill everything and then we might in the evening get a McDonald's or we might go to a, like a nicer restaurant. But again, we tailor it to 
what the kids are like that day but it's just a good way of like creating a budget and creating a plan and knowing where you are and as you say yeah writing it down in envelopes so writing down things like your parking how much is that going to cost um are you going to spend any money when extra when you're there are you going to buy ice creams writing all these things down because that's all the, all the little things as i always say add up so it's about having a sort of a clear budget and a clear plan and or even, even almost showing the kids say so tomorrow we're going to go to the park we're going to let you have an ice cream there tomorrow we're going to do this and then the next day it might be like we're going to be at home and we're going to have some ice lollies that we've made or whatever you know it, it, it's really something there's no right or wrong in it it's tailoring it to you and your budget and your family's needs and obviously your child's ages as well yeah, that's a really good idea because, as you say, the kids find that really exciting. Yeah, my, my kids love doing it. And also it takes the pressure off me because my kids are off, for, I think, eight and a half weeks, Brody's in the summer and Bronte. And I'm like, what am I going to do every single day? We have got a two-week holiday we're doing. Um, but the rest of the time, you want to sort of just do cheap, easy entertainment because you can only do sort of do a certain amount of holidays. You might do another one at the end of the end of the, end of the break usually we go away at the start and at the end but obviously there's a lot of parents that won't be able to sort of go away at all and then that's even longer where you're at home trying to sort of do activities so I think planning is key with it really. Do you ever get the kids to help you come up with the ideas? No I haven't actually but Bronte's four but then I do sometimes like on a weekend I might say to him like what do you want to do tomorrow and Brody's 10 so he might say like oh jump straight or for example and if it is a Saturday I can do like a two hour then I might take them both there for two hours but then I'll say all right okay we'll go to jump straight and then we'll come home we've always done this Saturday about five o'clock we have it was never ever a takeaway it never has been and they've never been bothered with it they pick the meal so whether that's a pizza or that's a cheeseburger or that's a roast dinner sometimes they pick random things and then we cook it at home we eat it and we've always sat down on, on a saturday night and watched a movie together and then i get popcorn but again it's in so we always have movie night saturday night and the odd night i or my husband go out on the saturday night Brody especially really like gets upset because he's like but, Saturday night's movie night with mummy and he's always like had a sleepover with me and again it's just free entertainment every week but he literally loves it he doesn't like doing anything else he's always like and he's 10 and he still loves it so I'm sure I'm sure I'm running low on that now I'm sure what he's gonna go like mum I don't want to do that anymore with you but as long as it lasts for it's still you know it's still been a lovely thing that we've always done together do you know what mine are older and we still have Friday night pizza film night and they absolutely love it and they hate it when we miss it it's just part of our routine I think it's a lovely family tradition isn't it yeah it's so nice and I think looking back as well exactly and that doesn't cost any money but it's memories that you create yes like, I've even had friends and I'm like oh I don't want to do that night because I have like this is obviously the odd night about it but I can I can pretty much say if you watch my Insta, I'm pretty much in every Saturday night most of the time with the kids What doing that. Because we, we enjoy doing that unless it is like a birthday or I haven't seen friends for a while or I've got work. But yeah, I love we love doing it and it's such a nice thing to do. Yeah, definitely. One thing we've done is had like a big sheet of paper and done like almost like a mind map of everything we want to do over the holidays. So we've done it together. We've each had a different coloured pen and put like summer holiday in the middle and then everyone's put different things that they want to do and we try and circle them or tick them off as we go through the holiday. Oh my God, I love that idea. We do that with holidays, funnily enough. We'll say like, where do you want to go in the world? Because um, that was always one thing I said and I, now I'm mortgage free and we do want to move so I won't be one day again but I've always said well once we did that it was about travel it's never about things for us so it's always for us it's just saving up to travel because now I've got that you know that money that's what I enjoy doing that to me is freedom and we do that with the kids we say like where where do you want to visit where do you want to go on holiday and obviously Bronte's four so she's like Disney World Disney World Disney World um, <laughs> but Brody's coming up with like different places which is nice and we try and sort of do those places 
That's great. Yeah, I love that. We've done that before as well with um, like a road trip and got the kids to go on Google Google Maps and actually plan out where they want to go and what sites they want to see along the way. Oh my God, I love <laughs> that idea. That's yeah. brilliant. Because they're really invested then when they're there. They're like, oh, I chose this place. Look, we want to go and see it. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a good idea. And I just think, yeah, travel experiences, um, obviously you have to tailor it to whatever budget you, you've got. I always send that to everybody. Um, so we've had some years where we haven't been able to do that. And, you know, please God, thank you. At the moment, we can sort of do more of those trips. Um, but that is the most important thing is spending, the main thing is spending time with them and, and seeing things. And I, that's what I personally love out of life is spending time with them and as you say, like seeing their little faces, like, oh my goodness, like I looked at that or whatever. Sometimes Bonnie gets excited because there'll be certain trees or leaves she wants to look at, she's for. It's just so nice to see that, eat that part up. Because it will be a time when they're teenagers and they probably don't want to spend time with you and then all they do want is like the new car and the latest this. So I feel like I'm enjoying this moment more. It is really precious, isn't it? And you don't have yeah. to go to far-flung places, do you? I mean, there's so many beautiful places around the UK that you can go to. Do you, do you sometimes do that, go on like day trips just to go and explore a new place that you've never been to before? Always doing that. And we do um, we do like sort of a few weeks. We've done like weekends away. Like we went to the Cotswolds a few years ago. To stay in the Cotswolds was an absolute fortune. It was pretty much like going abroad. So we stayed like 15 minutes out of it and saved ourselves an absolute fortune and then just drove in. And we said about sort of doing the Lake District. So if we do, so we'd like to sort of do like little trips in the UK as well. We really enjoy it. Like we went to Manchester um, last year and we stayed funnily enough we had a friend in Manchester so she was like why don't you stay here save a hotel so obviously that's always handy if you've got someone in an area we stayed there for a night then we stayed in a hotel for the night and then we went to I'm probably going to get this wrong but it was like on the way back in between like Essex and Manchester we stopped somewhere else and it was it was really lovely it was like a few days away but I felt like I had such a break like yes. I really enjoyed it that's brilliant. So um, what about if you're not kind of going away and doing things? I mean, just just having the kids at home, the food bills go up over the summer, don't they? You know, they. I don't know about yours, but mine are always raiding right the fridge. They're always hungry. How can you, um, you know, make your food last longer or maybe make your money stretch further when it comes to grocery shopping? Yeah, this is a really tough one at the minute for a lot of people um, because food has really, really increased. So I did something the other day where I switched um, from brandy to non-brandy. And yes, there's always going to be the certain thing you you love. You might prefer Pines ketchup to uh, the, the, the value ketchup, whatever. But it was showing that, you know, you can make things go further. I mean, the difference, I think... I don't want to sell for tomato. It was around twenty pound difference on ten items from branded to non-branded. So it is huge. And looking at things like meal planning and cutting down sort of on meat. So if you're making like a family bolognese, make half mince and then blend up a load of carrots because carrots are really cheap. And once you actually cook them together, they don't notice as much. And then freeze half of it because if you've used that um, already, it saves you money. You know, recooking again. You know, on either gas or electric every single night. So bulk cooking is a really good idea. Um, and food is expensive, so it's about looking at. What can you do for sort of packed lunches that are cheaper? So I did something the other day where, you know, um, you get Dairy Dunkers. So I said, why well, instead of buying those, they worked out like £2.40 for four of them. And obviously that's an expensive snack. Um, I said, you know, get breadsticks or a crisp that you particularly like, put the Dairy in little pots, and then you scoop it out yourself. So it's about looking at maybe certain snacks and things you enjoy. And like raisins, if you buy them in the individual pots, they're an absolute fortune. Get them in bags, buy the little pots. I showed them, I bought little ones from B&M. You get eight for two pounds and they're fantastic. You just wash them out every single night. So you're not wasting either. You're reusing them, which is better for the environment too. And you're just filling them up 
you can put raisins in there, bits of banana, and take them out with you. Um, and that's that's quite a good one that I do. And another thing for food, if you haven't done it, it's a bit of a cheeky one, but needs must. Um, if you look at all the different supermarkets, a lot of the time, the first one will be like 40% off your first spend, say, in Waitrose, £20 off your first shop in Tesco's, 10% off your first shop in Sainsbury. So what you could do is sign up, order your first shop from every single solitary supermarket and you might you're going to save an absolute fortune so one week you're ordering from Ricardo and the next week you're ordering from Tesco's the next week you know like they do like the online so look at doing that and look at picking up um if there's a particular supermarket shopping um things like magazines because a lot of the time they're for the they're free you know like the Tesco magazine for example that's yeah. free and a lot of the time it have coupons on it and money off things only worth it if you actually buy that product not worth it if you don't because obviously that's what they're trying to do to entice you in to buy it um but it's a good thing to just pick up it's it's free um and you get lots of like meal plans and stuff on there um that can really really help you but meal planning is definitely the key to saving money there's people like the batch lady she does batch cooking um she's on instagram she's fantastic at that and she'll show you how to do like big batch of dinners and she'll do really sort of um huge huge mounds of cooking and, and put them in the freezer and have them for the week and all at sort of different prices and budgets and needs so yes that's, she's a good person that sometimes i go and look at if i'm not sure what i want to cook or <laughs> yeah it's a good idea and i love that idea about the little pots i'd seen you done that with um making your own little mini jellies and that saves yeah. a fortune isn't it so yeah good things thing. like that so you can even get like um Instead of buying like the pots of custard, the pots of jellies, yeah, I made the jellies in there. I mean, the difference is astounding. And then you could even do it with like custard. You can buy like, um, you can even buy the sachets of custard or you can buy it like in the cartons. But if you buy the individual pots, they're expensive. Well, if the kids like the individual pots, pour that into that and take it out with you for the day. You know, there's, there's ways around things. It's, it's about looking at what you buy and okay, how can I make that cheaper? Yes. Same with ice lollies as well. You make your own ice lollies, don't you? Oh, I've always done that one. Mum used to do that. So we just use squash or you can use juice. Again, they're just re- reusable. You fill them up and the kids love it because they're like, oh, can I make another one for tomorrow? And I'm like, fill your boots, you know, because they're yes. free, aren't they? And they're, they're fine. They're like sugar free. They put them in and then they'll have like an ice lolly, put them in. We do buy like ice creams when we're out and things like that. Of course we do treats. But also I don't like the kids to eat too much sugar and stuff anyway. So when they're off in the holidays, I personally, and this is no shaming on anyone that does it at all because I'm so like HGRO when it comes to money parenting and everything but I don't want my kids having an actual ice cream every single day anyway so in the holidays I'll say like a nice you can have one of the frozen ice lollies like every other day and we'll get like two out a week and things like that I've always just been like that because I just don't want them eating too much sugar because obviously especially my four-year-old she would live off sugar if I let her I mean I would too (laughs) yeah but then it doesn't feel like such a treat does it if they're doing it all the time yeah. So uh, I saw something that you did, which I thought was so clever about keeping fresh produce fresh in the fridge because it's tricky in the summer, isn't it? It tends to go off a bit quicker. Tell us about that. You yeah. put it in jars of water, didn't you? Yeah. So like celery and things like that, if you cut cut the end off of it, wash it and put it in water in a glass in your fridge. I mean, I put mine in the door. If you put it in, in the fridge, wherever you want to, um, and it actually keeps it fresher for longer. Same with potatoes. Don't keep those in the fridge. Actually keep them in a cool, dry place. They will last you longer. Um, and things like, you know, like your spinach and your, your, the worst one I always think is the biggest... Um, the, the salad leaves, you know, you buy them, especially if you buy them in the bags. Take them out of that, put them on some dried paper in a pot on the bottom and then seal it because that soaks up the excess water and keeps them fresher for longer. So take them out straight away and do that one, which is a good one. Oh, that's and strawberries a good as well. 
yeah, strawberries as well. Like, you know, when they start to turn a bit brown, you think, oh, I'm going to chuck them away. Get them out. Chuck out any mouldy ones. You you can't make mould good. <laughs> Someone was like, oh, yeah, I've got... I was like, no, no, you can't make mould good. I must stress this. Cut off sort of um, any debris in it, and it'll still look... They'll, look, they'll still look dull. If you slice them up and you put them in ice and some ice-cold water for about half an hour, you watch they come back bright red and perfect, and you can eat them. So Wonderful. Oh, yeah. bananas, put them in water as well. Um, if you put those in water, um, and there's also a thing where you can wrap them in the cling film at the end. Um, but if you put them in water, it, they, they like they're still living and they're soaking up, so they'll stay fresher for longer. Out of the skin in the water? No, in the skin and like the end of it. So I don't know if this is oh, yeah, yeah. showing this on a video, but you put like one end of the banana into like a cup of water and it keeps it fresher for longer. That's brilliant. All these things I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, yeah, do you think we should use the holidays to talk to children about managing money? I know you're really passionate about this. This is something you've talked to the Prime Minister, you've been on TV talking about it. Do you think having that time with them, we can actually show them where our money goes and, and how they should look after their own money, even though they're quite young themselves? Absolutely. I don't think when they're like, so especially 10 and under, again, personal opinion, there's nothing, there's no right or wrong. I personally, I don't ram it down their throat, but I definitely say to them things like, no, that's expensive. You had that yesterday. You're off all holiday, especially like we're going on holiday. So I'll say something like, well, we're going away for two weeks. So you can't have everything every day because we're spending the bulk of our money on that particular holiday. So we are going to do park days and stuff. And no, you're not having an ice cream every single day because it costs money. And I'm more do it in that way. So I'll say things like, Say like Brody will say, oh, can we go Jump Street again? Can we go Jump Street again? Well, every time I take the kids to Jump Street, two of them for a couple of hours, it's £40 plus petrol. You know, if you're doing that every single day, that's a lot of money. So I'll say to him, okay, well, we'll do Jump Street, but then we'll do what? We'll do Jump Street once this week. And then why don't you have like Fred over, which is one of his friends? Or why don't we the next day go to the park? Or And some days I've even said to him, like, you're just going to have to amuse yourselves. Like, I'm a working mum. Adam might have to do invoices and bits and bobs for me around the house or just general cleaning. And I've, say, got podcasts or tv or something so i say to the kids you've got to remove yourselves today and i don't think there's anything wrong with that like when i was a kid like mum would say like right you've been out for four days amuse yourselves you've got your toys you've got the garden and i sort of let them sort of play together and i don't think that that does a bat that doesn't does them any harm either there's an argument that that's good for them really isn't it they need to learn how to amuse themselves i think we're our, our culture today we're a bit guilty of trying to cram too much in every minute yeah, funny enough, Adam said to Brody the other day, and I thought it was a really interesting line. He went to him, Brody, you need to learn how to be bored. He was standing there like, how long are we going to stand here for? Can I have my iPad? Can I think? Because obviously when we were kids, we didn't have that. And he's like, no, you just need to land just to stand there. There's no iPad. There's no nothing. Your sister, his, his sister was doing something and there was a queue. I can't remember what she was doing, but he had to wait. It was only about 10, 15 minutes. It wasn't like the end of the earth. But when he said that to him, I thought, do you know what you're right? He's like, well, what can I do? And Adam's like, you just stand there. Just stand there and wait for your sister to finish. You can't do something all the time. Look yeah. at the tree, stand there, have a conversation. And I was like, he's right though, isn't he? Because like, so I was like, oh, well, maybe we could do. Then I thought, yeah, actually, I need to change my mindset with that because it is true. Just like learn to be bored for five minutes, you know, or learn to just sit there, read a book or yes. amuse yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think a lot of summer holidays, people get ready for school, obviously, in September. What would be your tips on school uniform? Um, do you think it's best to try and get it early and get the sale stuff? Or what, what do you do for some for school uniform? Um, so for school uniform, uh, a good tip for people is 
always, it's harder now, but planning it for next year. So, for example, summer shirts and everything, if you buy them when in the September, but obviously they've gone back to school, you need them. If you buy them like a couple of sizes up, if your child grows quickly or even just one size up, you can then put them away for the following year. So, like, Brody's, like, wears shorts to his school and then the rest we buy everything through his school. But, for example, like his shorts, I will buy those and then I'll buy them in the sale. And things like polo shirts, if you have to get your children, um, little girls wear summer dresses and things, blazers and stuff like that. And looking at a lot of the supermarkets because they actually are really, really good value um, and you can sort of get the packs for free. And also ask the school because a lot of the schools do secondhand uniform shops. So mums will hand them in and the money then goes back into that particular school. So go in there and see if they've got anything like that, Whether especially if you've got kids going into seniors and stuff like that, blazers and that, that's when the money sort of racks up. So look at secondhand uniform. And also if maybe if there's like a school Facebook page, maybe even sort of writing something on there and saying, look, I've got a nine-year-old and he's getting rid of his jumper and thing that he's worn, it's really, really good condition. Um happy to give that to someone has anybody got an 11 year old where they'd like to hand it down to my child and loads of people mums will do swaps and you know, obviously it's got to be still plenty of wear left in it i mean things like school shoes for anything like my kids they go through them every six weeks that's a just a thing you just got to continuously pay for as a parent that's just constant pressure isn't it um but yeah looking at doing things like that's a good idea and looking at buying in the sale but it's very difficult to get in the sale when your kids are going back and they need them straight away because you don't want to miss out on that particular size because I went late, I think last year, the year before, I needed to get Bronte some um, polo shirts. And when I went there, I couldn't get a size. Um, so I, I wouldn't probably recommend that because I was literally panicking, like they've, there's nothing anywhere because everyone had gone in and got it all. Um, but it's definitely good to go into the sales afterwards and, again, forward planning for the year after and putting things away. Yeah. We have a swap shop in Birmingham, actually, where you can go and you don't actually have to take any any donation in. You can just help yourself to uniform, branded stuff as well, which is fantastic. It makes such a difference. It's absolutely brilliant. And there's, there's, there is lots of things like that, especially I always say like Google is your best friend. Put it into Google at your local area and, and put in things like that and see if there's ways around that you can get, you know, uniforms and things like that. But I mean, school shoes, are, I think, are one of the most expensive ones that parents have to constantly buy because... A lot of the time they have to have wet, like Bronnie has forest school, you know, like a lot of the little ones they have wellies and then they have this, then they have their PE trainers, then they have their actual school shoes and then they have, the, then they've got the shoes out of thing. I always think shoes is one of the biggest expense on parents. It's, it seems to be like, because when their feet grow, they grow out of every single sandal, yes. shoe, boot. So I always feel like that's, that's a really, really expensive cost and that's quite a hard thing to get secondhand so you can look at shops like um places like vintage and ebay because sometimes people buy the wrong size and they're sort of pretty much brand new because especially little boys they tend to just kick a football around don't they and then <laughs> they're definitely brody shoes definitely aren't passed downable they're like literally falling apart i've actually <laughs> yes. glued a hole in them before because he's only had them a few weeks and i'm like i am not buying another pair of shoes so i've like got some super glue and glued them back up so there's there is ways around things but yeah it is it is really just genuinely expensive kids growing basically yeah definitely <laughs> out of things all the time part of that as well is teaching kids to value their items their clothes isn't it and i think that's part of what you have been trying to do with like teaching kids about money and, and, and trying to encourage schools to talk about the value of items and and, and and the importance of money tell me a bit more about what you've been doing with that because i know you recently spoke to the prime minister about um about teaching about money in schools didn't you 
Yeah, this is something I'm so passionate about beyond. Um, I spoke to him about it and he came back and said that they do a lot of, they're teaching maths to old. And I said, you know, that's fantastic and everything. But for example, that's not personally what I'm talking about. I'm talking about teaching kids more in seniors and having just a yeah general chit chat with them when they're younger, but more like letting them sit down in an open forum with like someone that's coming in, like a financial edu- financial expert coming in and talking to the kids and letting them ask questions. What do I do when I get in debt? What do I do in my first wage packet? How can you how can you help me, you know, save? What's the best rate? Should I take out a pension? What's an ISA? What's APR? You know, just these questions that a lot of time, like, people don't even know even in their 20s. They'll be like, oh, I didn't realise I was paying interest back on the mortgage. I thought if I buy a house for 300 grand... I'm just paying 300 grand. No, they need to learn that, okay, if that interest rate goes up, this is how much. And I, and like getting them to work out like plans before they buy a house. So like their mortgage might be a thousand pounds a month, but you've also got bills that could t- tally to like 800 to a thousand a month with your sky, all these bits and bobs if they wanted to add them and letting them sit down and work out plans. No, not every child is going to change and then like be remaculously thing. But I guarantee there's going to be kids that sit in there going, do you know what, my first wage packet, I'm going to look at that differently. She's right. If I'm living at home with mum and dad and I'm taking out £1,500 a month, I'd have to pay mum and dad, say, £400 a month, £100 a week housekeeping. I've got 1100 She's right, I could save £600 of that money. In, in three years' time, I'd have a deposit for a house. There will be children that we, we have to change for the future and get their mindset differently. I'm so passionate about this. It is absolutely unbelievable. And I'm just going to keep talking about it and shouting about it to as many people as I can because maths is great, but it is totally different to everyday financial education, in my opinion, and we need to be teaching it. Um, I was really, really good at understanding money as a child. I never earned loads of money um, growing up. Um, My dad is not amazing with money, never sat down and spoke to me about it. Mum was always subliminally saying oh that's going to cost that's going to cost or if you want to get on the property now you've got to save up for your first home and I sort of have done all that now and and by doing all these things over many 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 years yes I have had the odd treat I am now financially sort of fine and that's why I sort of share my tips because I do believe it's all these things like buying an like yes I, I took a pot of money when I was younger and I invested in certain things but if I hadn't have saved up that small pot of money I wouldn't have been able to putting an investment in to make that big pot grow so I just think teaching kids and mum I think my mum was so good with it with me you know she was always like that costs right you need to put money away right if you're earning £1,200 a month Gemma you know spend half save off she always had that in me to do that so from such a young age I was putting money away putting money away and I just would like to like share that knowledge with this like the next generation coming up because not everyone is going to be on a high paid wage, you know, I, I wasn't, but I've always been okay financially. So that's why I think I'm really passionate in it. Because then when you are sort of in your late 30s and 40s, you can have your holidays, you, you can have more sort of be stress-free, but it's very difficult if they're not taught that, like they're given credit cards so easily and they don't realise that they're racking up all this debt. And then they feel ashamed they've racked up the debt, which is nothing to be ashamed about that you didn't know something. I can't read or write very well. You know, I have to ask people, how do you spell? How do you spell? How do you spell all the time? Um, and yeah, I do get the comment like, oh, you can't spell that. But I don't care. You know, I can't, no, I can't. I can't spell it. I don't know how to spell it. So if you're in debt, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just something you just didn't know. So there's no problem with going to somebody and saying, look, can you help me? You know, there's lots of places out there that will help you. You've got Step Change, you've got Mind, you've got really good organisations out there that can help help you. And I'm just really passionate, even if it's about that, about letting them know 
that it's okay to talk about if you're in debt. You know, young people and many people take their lives over money. And it's hugely linked. So if we can get them talking about it at a younger age and, and saying that, you know, it's not embarrassing to like ask about money. You can talk about it. And getting that stigma away, I just feel it's just going to, it would just change things so much. So, yeah, there's a long, long way to go, in my opinion. We're talking about everything else in schools. We talk about lots of things on social media, but I still think money is definitely no, nowhere near there yet. No. It's crazy, isn't it, when you talk about it like that and you think, why on earth is that not all taught in schools already? And why is it not been for years and years? It's madness. Yeah. And what about university? Because that's so difficult for kids now, isn't it? You know, they go knowing that they're going to leave with this massive debt. What would be your advice about university? I think university is really, really look at it. You know, if you're going there because you just want to laugh, for a couple of years with some mates, then it's probably not going to be the best laugh when you come out because as you say, building that debt. If you go in there because you want to train to be a barrister or a doctor and you need to go to university and that's your passion, that's totally different. Um, I never went to university myself, so I don't know loads and loads about it. Um, but that would be sort of the main thing I would sort of say is look at the reason why you're going to uni. Do you have to go to uni to, to get that career? Because if you don't, then that's what I, again, there's no right or wrong, I didn't need to go to university to do what I wanted to do. And I just looked at that as I'm just going to come out in all this debt and pay it back. So I didn't want to do it. But whereas if I had a passion maybe to be a doctor or something, then obviously you have to go to university. So it's a hard one, isn't it? Um, But again, if you are at uni, look at ways of like house sharing and getting a job on the side so that you're not racking up too much when you come out. Because obviously it can be years before you pay it back. I know you don't start paying it back so you start earning a certain amount, but then that's okay when you're young. But then in years to come when you want to get a mortgage or you've got a family and you've still got that debt, which happens a lot of the time. And those people have said, oh, I wish I'd cleared it when I was younger. I wish I'd got a job when I was at uni and things like that. So it's just looking at, again, looking at it, really writing down how long is this going to take me to clear? Like what type of job would I have to have to, to clear this money? Like if you're going to uni... And you're looking at getting a job and you're going to come out and you're on, and the top you can ever earn on that job is 30000 a year. You have to really look at that. If you're doing it because you love it and you want to do it, that's totally different because money is not everything in life at all. But if you are doing it because you think, yeah, I might like it and I want to earn really good money, if if you're racking up a debt, sort of twenty five, thirty thousand 30000 and then that's the maximum you can earn. It's going to take you years to pay off, you know? So it's looking at all different things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's what you have to do with money all the time, don't you? Just weighing up whether whether it's worth it or not, spending or, spending or saving. <laughs> yes. So you may remember from last time you were on, we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. I did ask them you before, but I want to ask them again just in case they've changed. One of them is, uh, what are two things you'd tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? One of them would be definitely don't worry about what other people think because actually you worry more no one actually cares they might talk about it for one second but they've moved on with their day because actually all people care about is themselves mainly in life they're worried about their family and themselves so definitely not worry about what other people think um and don't worry if you've not got everything you want in your 20s and your 30s because i'm 40 now and I, i feel like i've just finally just got to where i want to be and i've taken all those years to do it um so, yeah, don't think that you've failed because you've not earned the money or you've not got the partner or you've not got your family or, or no kids, whatever it is you want to do, or the house, whatever your goal is at 20 or 30, you've definitely not failed. Sometimes things come later enough. Sometimes things come in people's 50s for them or their 40s. So keep going on things you believe in, I'd definitely say. Yeah, that's great advice. So what are three things that you love to do each day that kind of give you a good start and a routine to the, to the day? 
I have a cup of coffee every single solitary morning because I literally can't live without it. I always like to go for a walk because um, I suffer with mental health. So walking is amazing for me. I have, I have to get outside. Like, it's terrible if I don't. And talking to people that make me feel good and make me feel happy. I always like, so I like ring my mum or ring some of my friends or even some of the girls I've met on Instagram. Talk to people that make me feel good um, and that I enjoy their company is really important as well. Yeah. And what would be the one piece of advice that you'd give to a parent who's really worried about how they're going to cope financially over the holidays? My one piece of advice would be sit down, write absolutely everything down. If once you've written everything down and you've taken off everything you can and you're still really, really struggling, then reach out, go and speak to someone. If you're in huge amounts of debt, um, go and speak to organisations like Step Change and see what they can do for you. And if it's just, if it's just that you're sort of just breaking even, talk to friends, talk to family and see if they can sort of come up with suggestions and help. The Talking is the key for everything. There's no magic wand. I wish I could say to someone that was in debt there's a magic wand because there isn't. But I always think it's talking to somebody. A problem shared is a problem halved is whatever they say. Adam always says to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, that's really helpful. It's been great talking to you again, Gemma. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's always lovely to talk to you. You can read more of Gemma's tips and discover loads of free and cheap things to do around Birmingham on the Birmingham Live website and on the Brummy Mummies Facebook page. Follow Gemma's daily tips on Instagram and TikTok. Just search Money Mum Official. We have lots of episodes of Money Saving, so why not subscribe to find out more about what we can all be doing to get a bit more cash in our pockets. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production which you can download and stream on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Please share this episode with anyone who may find it useful. Follow Brummy Mummies on social media and sign up for our free newsletter. See you next time. <laughs>